One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The sexually liberated woman gets her orgasms from Chakrabs, the original crystal sex toy company that makes beautiful handcrafted pleasure tools from pure crystal. Crystals are a natural earth-made material that awaken higher levels of consciousness, help you work through emotional imbalances, and heal deep core wounding. Take all of that, put it in a sex toy, and you've got yourself a mighty orgasmic tool. I recently got an amethyst chakrab as a gift, and I've been loving playing with the intense and incredibly healing vibes that this crystal gives me. Chakrabs not only gets me off, but helps me create an intentional self-pleasure practice that urges me to feel deeply and reconnects me to my inner wisdom. And my orgasms are incredible. So if you want to bring sacredness and new levels of sensuality to your erotic life, head to shockrubs.com and use my code liberation to get 10% off your purchase. That's C-H-A-K-R-U-B-S promo code liberation for 10% off your next purchase. Tell them Evian sent you and may your orgasms be plentiful. Hey everyone, I'm Evian Whitney, and this is The Sexually Liberated Woman. Today, I'm bringing you a really interesting conversation I had with someone who is in an erotic relationship with the earth. Uh, But before I get into all of that good stuff, I've got some people to shout out. So every episode, I highlight all the people who are supporting the sexually liberated woman and are giving this podcast literal life with their precious coins via Patreon. So shout out and big love goes to Kelly R and Jordan B for becoming brand new patrons of the sexually liberated woman and for helping to sustain this podcast. 
You two are such babes. Thank you so much. And if you want to support the sexually liberated woman, go to patreon.com slash SLW podcast and become a patron with just $5 a month. You can help this podcast thrive and continue instigating sexual empowerment. You also help cover all of the expenses of operating the show, the hosting fees, the equipment, and paying my lovely editor. And in return, you'll join my community of rad sex posse folks who are on this journey of sexual liberation, just like you are. You also get 15% off all of my courses, exclusive sneak previews of upcoming episodes, and a shout out on the show. So if it suits you, go to patreon.com slash SLW podcast and become a patron. And thank you. Thank you so much. So I've been following Luna Dietrich on Instagram for a while now. You might know her as Pussy Witch, but we really got acquainted when I invited her to be a part of this fun little Instagram challenge I created a few months back called the Sensual Selfie Challenge. And actually, there's something I've been meaning to share about the Sensual Selfie Challenge on here. And right now, I'm making a mental note to get more into that a little bit later. But for now, let's talk about Luna. So as she was sharing her magic during the sensual selfie challenge, I did some reading up on her and saw that she ID'd as an ecosexual, someone who has a sexual relationship with the earth. And so I invited her on the podcast to talk about ecosexuality and specifically what ecosexuality means and looks like for her and how she honors the side of herself. So I just want to be really real with y'all right now and say that when I first heard about ecosexuality, the first thing that I thought of was this is some white people shit. (laughs) Like the idea of it sounded really great in theory, but I'm not going to lie. The practice of it brought up this image in my head of Culturally appropriating white hippies with dreadlocks that smell like a weird combination of patchouli and B.O. who eat acai bowls and say things like namaste all the time. Now, that's probably because I am surrounded (laughs) by these types of individuals in Portland, Oregon, where I live. And I definitely know that there are ecosexuals out there who fit that description But that's why I wanted to bring Luna on to talk about this, because even though she's white, I don't get that vibe from her, and I wanted to see how ecosexuality is actualized for her. And it's so interesting, because the more she talked about ecosexuality, the more I realized it's a lot more accessible and even a little applicable to the way I am in relationship with the world. So super interesting stuff that I'm really jazzed to get into with you. And also keep listening because I have some exciting news about the Sensual Selfie Challenge that you'll probably be sad about if you miss. Enjoy. Hey Luna, how's it going? Hi, it's going so 
so good. I'm really excited and honored to be speaking with you. Oh my God. Likewise. Like I've been following you on Instagram for a bit now. You were also in my sensual selfie challenge, which I mean, that was an absolute blast. And I'm really excited to connect with you voice to voice. Finally. Oh, me too. I mean, that your sensual selfie challenge was so absolutely moving to see so many people go through these experiences and see really how grassroots it was that it wasn't uh, I mean, I cried several times just being a part of that. Thank oh, you girl, for me it too. Was so <laughs> I was a blubbering idiot that entire five days. Like every single photo that came up, I was just like, I can't handle it. It's just too beautiful. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, it was so magical. And I'm I'm so glad that we connected and that you were able to share your magic with everyone. I know they got a lot out of your your prompt, your mantra, like it was just so beautiful. So yeah, it's so good to like, connect here and to like spotlight you and the work that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, it's such an honor. I know that you call yourself an eco well how how do you identify that's actually a good question if we're talking about like ecosexuality like what is what is your label i right now call myself an ecosexual femme mm okay and this is it's an identity that i've been playing with and exploring and i mean identity can be such a powerful tool of self discovery and ways of finding community and connection. And it's also something that I, you know, I'm not attached to always being in my life. But it's as soon as I heard the term ecosexual, it just resonated with me so deeply, because it seemed to piece together thing different realms. I mean, because ecosexuality is, it's a social movement where it it brings together issues with sexuality and environmentalism and environmental justice. Hmm. And so all of the ways that our sexuality intersects with culture and oppression and all of that, and then also bringing in the element of the environment, it just seemed like those two sometimes don't get talked about right next to one another. And so it it just felt so good and right for me to piece it together and feel it out together. And it seems like those communities that I really resonate with separately don't necessarily talk a lot or like connect a lot. And so there was this like coming home type of feeling when I heard this term and was like, whoa, I am that. <laughs> When you say like those two identities, you're talking about like both the ecosexuality piece and the queer identity piece, right? I'm more talking about um, the the sexuality fields um, of sex educators and even like intersectional feminism and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And then the field of people who either love the earth or protest for the earth or are very earth conscious in some way, like piecing those two communities and those two movements together and just seeing how, yeah, because our sexuality is just, it's affected by everything, or at least speaking for me personally, it's affected by everything. Yeah. And so this just seemed a way to like bring in 
even more pieces. Amazing. So like for someone who doesn't know what ecosexuality is, like in layman's terms, what does that look like? Like what is ecosexuality? What does that look like in practice? So Annie Sprinkle and Elizabeth Stevens made the the term popular and two phrases that they've um, said to identify because it's a social movement, but then it's also a sexual identity. And so they said a person who finds nature sensual, sexy, or a person who takes the earth as their lover. It can look so many different ways. And I think that's what really resonates with me is how Like, what does that mean to have the earth as our lover? Or what does that mean to be turned on by the earth? And I I mean, I'm such a geek when it comes to anything that's ambiguous, like making pleasure really ambiguous, um, making gender really ambiguous. Like just, I think that there is so much um, understanding and empathy when we stop putting things into boxes and stop compartmentalizing, oh, this is sex. This is the act of sex. Mm -hmm. And then this is a relationship. This is what it means to be in relationship with someone. When we unpack that and we lay out all of the pieces, there's just, there's so much there and it actually is connected to one another. Yeah, that I was actually, that was going to be my next question. It's like, because I feel like ecosexuality and like, polyamory are kind of the same and in which like you know polyamory can be it's like an umbrella term for like many different kinds of manifestations of non-monogamous open relationships or arrangements and so I'm interested in how you identify and how you practice um, ecosexuality because it does sound like it's really different and it's it varies from person to person a huge way that I practice is self-inquiry and asking myself, like really, really tuning in to my relationship with myself, my relationship with others, and my relationship with the earth. And checking in, is this a hell yes? Is this consensual? Does this feel in alignment with my truth? Does this feel like my hell yes? And And sometimes that can be really hard to do. So like one thing that I love to to practice is I go camping almost every single weekend that that's something that's accessible to me, which is freaking awesome. And so just being outside and taking away the layers of our modern culture and technology. I work a lot online. I am very active on Instagram. So being able to just be be myself, my authentic, like, animal self outside. Something that I love to practice is being naked outside. It just really helps me um, unpack shame about my body, like, especially, like, my body hair or my body smells or wrinkles. It just, like, all of it just looks so beautiful when I'm outside. Like, I can, I can, like, intellectually know, like, I love, like, I love these parts of myself and I can tell myself that all I want and I can follow amazing people on Instagram to affirm that and read things that are really affirming. But sometimes it's really hard to embody the wrinkles and cellulite and the stretch marks and the acne. But then when I'm outside and I'm naked, it just feels so right. I mean, that's something that's like really been 
a huge part of my acceptance and love for my sexuality was body acceptance. And that came through just being outside naked and then also seeing myself in photographs naked. And so that's, again, why it resonated so strongly with your sensual selfie challenge was it was such a huge part of my path of becoming a sexual empowerment coach and teacher was having my photograph taken and then seeing myself as a sexual creature of the earth, a human of the earth. And just that there was just no shame in having a body anymore. Like the shame around sexuality didn't make sense anymore. Mm. Yeah. What you're saying, I, I actually have experience in like that feeling of like being outside naked, being outside, just like your bare self amidst nature with trees and the wind. I mean, there's something, there's something very like animalistic about that. And then also like in those experiences with myself, I have also found a sense of like centeredness and groundedness in my own body. Like suddenly I'm not fixated or focused on like what my nipples are doing, if they're like totally erect or if they're just mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm just like, whatever, like this is my body in the same way that like when I go outside in my backyard, like I'm not judging a tree. I'm not judging the tree because it has a certain color of a leaf. Like it's really interesting how peeling back those la- like those literal layers on your body can help bring a sense of like body awareness and body acceptance that I don't think can I mean it, it does happen when like you're fully clothed and you're being witnessed by other people but there's some kind of magic involved when you're outside in nature so I totally know what you're talking about yeah and then and like swimming naked and and just noticing how pleasurable the the earth can be and how and how much connection is available. I think that was a really, really huge thing for me that started happening before I ever heard about the term ecosexuality, before I really came into my own sexual empowerment, before I started teaching, I went through some really hard breakups, like really, really challenging, sad, grieving times. And the thing that really helped me move through it was being outside. Mm. Like I I remember one summer where I was just so freaking heartbroken. I felt just like rejected on such a core level and I I was I think I was dating two yeah, I was dating two people and they both broke up with me at the same time. And it was it was just really hard and a total shift and I moved locations. And but what helped me move through all of that and feel all of that was almost every single day, I would get off of work and just go into the woods and go walking and spent just so much time feeling and just being with the trees. And I didn't know if I was going to come out of it. Like I had some of those thoughts of like, Oh my gosh, am I going to be depressed forever? Oh, how pathetic I am for being so depressed over a breakup, like just all of the thoughts, but just continually being called to be outside. And it really, really helped me find myself. I'm curious, like how it was you decided to identify as an ecosexual? Like, what was that process like? Like, how did you know? How did you come to find out that like, yep, this is this is me. This is who I am. I I mean, I didn't grow up be having a strong connection to nature. I, I watched a lot of television as a kid. 
Um, I was inside a lot. But then I fortunately, like so fortunately and so much privilege that I got to go to this amazing little school called Warren Wilson College that's nestled in the mountains outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And it's on a thousand acres farm and all of the students work for the college. And I got to be on the herb crew where we would grow and create plant medicine for the students. And I was also studying chemistry and getting a degree in chemistry. So I had this amazing balance of like stimulating my brain and like kind of like having sex with my brain and the realm of math and chemistry and physics. And then I had this amazing connection with the plants. And so that's where I really like came into myself of, of knowing that this was such a deep part of me. And then I, after graduating, I went through, I traveled to the other side of the world and I fell in love with a woman and I learned so much about my sexuality and dismantled so many stories of my sexuality that I thought I needed to like please and caretake men and that my pleasure was for men and for someone other than me. And so I had these like two pieces of like knowing that I was so in love with plant medicine and so in love with the plant world and then having this huge awakening and, and curiosity with sex and then having this like nerdy brain self that loves like systems mm -hmm. because that's what drove me to study chemistry. Soon after that, when I started my business of Pussy Witch, soon after that, I learned of the term eco-sex and it just, it just all came together and was like, holy shit, that is, that's me. You were talking about how ecosexuality is like a sexual identity, but it's also like a movement. Like it's an it's an environmental justice kind of movement. And so I wondered if you could speak to more of what that looks like in practice. Like what kinds of things are like ecosexual activists doing, not just in terms of like how they're, you know, healing the planet, helping the planet but also like the, the ways in which they are active in social justice, you know? I, I mean, I'd love to come at it from the angle that they're, it's so inclusive and so it can look so many different ways. Like whether that is people going to protests or calling their senators or just really, really being informed. And then it also can be like how we spend our money and what, like what practices are we supporting or boycotting? And a, a thing that's really important for me to, as identifying with this term is that it is accessible to anyone. So like, I don't, I don't like the idea that ecosexuality means that like we have to live super sustainably and we have to buy local organic and we have to have this like specific like cookie cutter relationship with the earth. That's not, that's one classist and it's just not possible for everyone. So I, I think the, the justice part comes a lot with education and meeting people where they're at and, and what does feel really good for them and coming at it from a place of pleasure activism, a place that feels really, really good. I, I don't want to spread more shame of, oh, we should be doing this. We should feel really crappy about what's happening to the earth. We should grieve. We should feel and we should move through that feeling and then choose how to show up with that. And and have it be this place of love, like being in lovership 
and seeing the earth as our lover. And so Mm. wanting to do things and feeling pulled to do things because it feels right and good and not from a place of shame and obligation and stress. Oh my gosh, so much good stuff that you just said. And like, I'm having a lot of stuff come up about like my own relationship with the earth and my own like philosophies. But you said something a moment ago about like taking your, uh, taking the earth as your lover. And like, I know that this is like, you know, it's, it depends on the person and it depends on the practice. But like, what does that mean to you? Like, what does it look like for you? to take the earth as your lover. I'm like so intrigued by this. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to give a little background, I first heard that term, maybe it was Annie Sprinkle who brought it up um, by her saying not seeing the earth as this mother archetype because the, that archetype commonly in our collective psyche is this archetype of giving and giving and giving and we just take and take and take. And when we translate that to lover, it's, all of a sudden it's like, okay, how am I in consensual relationship? How do I want to show up for this lover? Ooh, I have tingles all over my body. Oh my God, how me do I- too. <laughs> I'm like, literally, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like I'm, I'm resonating with, with all of this. It's so good. Like ba- basically what you're talking about is like having a like collaborative relationship, like a co-creative relationship that doesn't look like, okay, you're providing me with all this stuff and I'm just going to take all of it. But it's like, okay, like, yes, you prove, you provide for me, but like, here are the ways that I can provide for you. Here are the ways that I can protect you. I'm like, I'm loving all of this. And how to be in, and again, to bring it back to shame. Like if we think about our relationships with humans, if we operate of, oh, this is how I'm a good lover, but from a, a perspective of shame and just like going through the motions of this is what I'm supposed to do, that if we're honest with ourselves, that normally doesn't go well. It, it, it's not sustainable for either person because it's not living from our authentic place. So the same goes with the earth. And I mean, I do it in so many ways. And I think one of my most favorite practices is just simply going on a walk and not bringing my cell phone. And like that does so much for me because like I said, so much of my work is online. And if I separate myself from that piece of me, then it's so much easier to just feel that connection with the earth and just start listening and listening and listening and listening. And this is a really important piece for me to name in that this isn't new information. It's ancient indigenous wisdom and eco-sexuality is just a like I like to say it's a modern adaptation for this ancient wisdom like what do we need now what feels right now without culturally appropriating one culture and or are stealing something but just knowing that even every single person on this planet is in relationship with the earth and all of us have the accessibility to listen like we totally we all have the right to be in relationship with the earth. Like for for one example, I used to sell herbal products, these like sensual yummy, I made like lubes and pussy petal serum and they were so yummy and scrumptious and it just didn't feel right. Something didn't feel right and I had a really intense um, 
vision basically where the earth was just like you're not doing this in right relationship with the earth like you are you are looking at these plants and you're just wanting to sell them and profit off of them and by me saying that i'm not saying that that's ever a problem that other people are doing it that it's not bad to sell botanical medicine i think it's so amazing just my relationship i wasn't able to have enough integrity with the medicine that i wanted and that i held for me to want to sell a product and, and so I listened to that. And a, a few months ago, I stopped selling it. I took everything out of my Etsy and was like, this just doesn't, it doesn't make my heart sing. It doesn't feel good. And teaching feels more like where my path is. And my relationship with the earth really helped me that. And I started really loving plants again. Like I'm able to listen to them again and have joy from them again, rather than seeing them as something that I make and sell. Mm. Hey, so if you've been paying attention during this episode, you've likely heard me and Luna gush about something called the Sensual Selfie Challenge. It's something we both did back in March, and it was incredible. So much beauty and vulnerability was shared, and the community we created, my God, it was pure magic. And I have amazing news, I'm doing it again. On September 5th, I'm going to be hosting another round of the Sensual Selfie Challenge on Instagram. The Sensual Selfie Challenge is a five-day challenge I created that encourages you to take up space with your body and celebrate your sexuality, all through the fun and fine art of selfie taking. It works like this. Each day for five days, I'll be challenging you to take a selfie to help you take up space and connect to your sensuality. I'll send you a prompt and an affirmation via email, and you take a selfie that's inspired by it. Then you'll post your selfie on Instagram using our special hashtag, and your photo will be added to a bustling community of other sensual babes taking the challenge with you. More than 1,000 women and femmes took part in the challenge last time, and I have a feeling it's going to be even bigger this time because we have some killer hosts this round, like Gayla Darling and Amelia Ortiz, who you might know on Instagram as Ethereal One. So yeah, it's gonna be lit. To join the Sensual Selfie Challenge, go to sexloveliberation.com slash sensual selfie, all one word, and sign up. The challenge officially starts next Wednesday on September 5th, so definitely mark your calendars, and I'm so looking forward to witnessing your sensual selfies. It's going to be so much fun. I literally cannot wait. I love what you were talking about, about how ecosexuality isn't anything new. Like people have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. Like this is a tradition that goes back to indigenous folks. 
people of color. Um, and I so appreciate that that is something that you're thinking about because I've certainly been in spaces where I, I don't know if they would necessarily call themselves ecosexuality. Or ecosexuality. <laughs> I don't know if they would call themselves like egosexuals, but they certainly are in this frame of of work where you know they're using plant medicine and and you know doing certain things like that. I mean, I live in Portland, Oregon, and like they're they're like everywhere. Like mm-hmm. these types of people. Are <laughs> so and and I mean, the, they don't. And I'll just be. I'll just call it for what it is. Like most most of the time, these are white people who are taking these kinds of traditions and these kinds of philosophies and ideals and not paying homage to the source, like where those things came from. And so it it means a lot for me to know that like this is something that you are thinking about. That this is something that you are um, doing your best to be better about in terms of giving those props to marginalized folks and then also just like reminding people like yo this isn't new like I didn't create this like this has been around for a long time like it's Mm. really refreshing to hear Mm. that oh thank you yeah the other thing like (laughs) I'm listening to you talk about ecosexuality and like what it looks like in practice and just like listening to everything that you're saying about your own practice and like, I think, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say this. Okay, I'll just say it. I think I might be an ecosexual because, yeah. <laughs> because like I'm listening to all, I'm listening to everything you're saying and it, it resonates so deeply with me, not just on like an intellectual level, but I actually, I don't talk about this enough and I feel like this conversation that we're having right now is going to catapult me into talking about this. But in my other life, when I'm not on the internet, when I'm not talking about sexuality, like I am very, very passionate about um, living a zero waste lifestyle and being very mindful about like what I bring into my home, like making sure I'm not like buying products from people who, you know, those I, I can't trace the source of where those those products are coming from. I'm making sure that like any type of meat that I eat is pasture raised, like no exception. Any type of dairy that I eat is pasture raised, no exception. Like I'm doing all of this stuff in the background that is in alignment with just, I I guess just, I've always seen it as like reducing my carbon footprint and like just being like earth conscious and environmentally friendly. But I'm also recognizing that like, as I'm having this conversation with you that I think that I've been taking the earth as my lover. Like, that's like wild for me to like put those things together. Like, I'm already doing it. Like, I've been doing it. You know what I mean? But like, it's just wild. I'm just like, I'm having like my brain is kind of like exploding a little bit. Oh, I love that. That, oh, that's so exciting. I was really feeling into before our conversation of, not wanting to come from a place of like, okay, I'm not spreading propaganda here. It's I don't even know if I will always identify with this term. I'm not trying to convince people to be ecosexuals. I just I'm just really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's it's something that I mean, I just thinking about like how important this work is and not even just like 
the work that you do necessarily, but just having like this mindset that like we can't keep like fucking the earth. Like we yeah. have to be very conscious about the relationship we have with it, not necessarily in the things that we buy or the things that we are putting into the earth, but like our relationship with it, you know, like the things that we're, we could be unknowingly doing to, I don't know, create a sense of disconnection. I mean, and even if that means like going outside more, breathing in um, the air, like, I mean, I, I do the best I can to like take off my shoes and like put my, my feet on the earth, like at least a couple times a day, I'm like almost always barefoot. Mm. And like, just like doing things like that to create more of a, of a connection and more of an intention. I mean, that's so doable. It's so doable. Yeah, I love, I mean, I was, I think about it a lot too. I'm like, okay, how could this be accessible to people in the cities? And even, you know, even having a relationship with a house plant and, or even having the awareness of, wow, every single thing that's in my apartment came from the earth. And then, you know, breathing in the gratitude for that. Mm. And just, just that awareness of literally everything around us, including ourselves is from the earth. And I mean, besides a few maybe asteroids or whatever, I don't, I don't know. But my, my point being that it's just like, it is everything and like feeling that gratitude and yeah. And then just connecting. I live, I live in Asheville, North Carolina, so I am surrounded by new agey communities that I um, have been very much a part of and very much connected with and, and more and more and more. I'm just like waking up to all of the problematic stuff that just the the spiritually bypassing and the the just like sending love and light and prayers but there's no informed action or deep listening and um just all the not addressing all of the isms in these communities and these spaces and and then the appropriation so there's just there's a lot of sadness and frustration there and at the same time, wanting like not wanting to throw the, oh, I don't like that idiom. Not wanting to just like <laughs> reject all of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so there, yeah, just finding the element of like, okay, the Earth connection piece is so important to me, and and feeling that gratitude is so important to me. And then how can I how can I incorporate that into my pleasure activism, how can I incorporate that into my work, into my writing and my relationships and everything, my life. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a big part of eco-sexuality is like sensuality, like connecting with your senses, connecting with your body, and like also connecting with how your senses and your body is connecting to the earth, if that makes sense. Like the way that like your being here is like a part of a larger structure as part of a larger like energy or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And I also love like how accessible this is because I have to tell you like when I was prepping to have this conversation with you like I've heard of ecosexuality before um I think I think I saw something somewhere like people like literally fucking the Mm -hmm. earth like actually like you know having like rolling in the mud and like licking dirt and like like really like writhing on trees as a way to like get themselves off which like no shade to anyone who does that but like that was what I was imagining that we were going to be talking about and like the ways that you practice it but like 
the the way that you're talking about it now, the way that it's actualized um, by you and the way that you practice it, like that's so accessible. I mean, it really literally just is like going outside, being mindful of like the way that your body is, you know, in, in nature and like just prioritizing self-care and prioritizing the connection with your senses and your sensual body. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's safe to say this because obviously people get to self-identify, but it sounds like most people, if not all people, could be ecosexual people. I, I have I have felt the same way. And I also, I mean, both pieces of like everyone gets to self-identify and also that everything is ecosex. I mean, because we are all of the earth. And so it's kind of humorous. It's it's just it's just piecing everything together. And again, it's just honoring that this isn't new knowledge. It's just, it's just a new term to try to speak to our times, try to incorporate what the, what medicine we need now. And I think that that's why I love it so much because it is this new term. So it's also, okay, what do we need now? How do we connect all the dots? And yeah, I mean, even just so much of what I see with my clients and in my work, and I'm sure you see this too, is that, and, and Emily Nagoski talks about it in her book, is stress being such a huge thing that uh, makes it hard for people to get in their bodies and enjoy their sexuality. I mean, along with like, body, except, I mean, there's so many things, but just stress being such a big thing of it. And then in our modern culture, and then the everyday stressors of just being in traffic or our technology or, you know, work, anything like that. It's so hard to turn that off and then all of a sudden be sensual and sexual creatures. And so I think for me, having this relationship and connection with the earth and getting outside and then shaking a little bit can do so much to discharge that, like discharge the stress because we can't you know I mean I don't want to say we can't do anything but traffic's not going to go away like there's just (laughs) right that like we can't control and and we're just getting like even more connected like it's not like technology is going away anytime soon like we're continuing to be more digital we're continuing to be more on our computers and so it seems even more imperative for us to adopt practices that get us off our uh, off of our screens and like out of the house and just connecting to our bodies because yeah you're right that's like one of the main complaints i hear from uh, the clients that I work with is like, okay, like, yeah, so I've had a really rough day and like it was super busy and I was stuck in traffic and my boss is an asshole. And then I come home and I'm expected to be like the sensual being who now all of a sudden <laughs> wants to have sex with their partner. Like it doesn't, I mean, for some folks, they can turn it on and off like that. But for a lot of people, that's really, really difficult to do. And so it's interesting. Like one of the things that I tell my clients who are having trouble with with things like this, like being too much in their head and not enough in their bodies when it comes to sex is like being able to get into their body, like through going outside, through like being able to really disconnect from whatever it is that is keeping them riled up and just like focusing in on the senses. So yeah, that's like, that hugely resonates. Yeah. And, and it can also be a a means to an end. Like I've, have struggled and I'm, I'm transforming a lot, but it's pretty vulnerable just with codependency patterns. Um, I'm, 
I open relate and I have multiple partners often and I can get very attached in certain ways and notice my codependency. And when I can call myself out on it, such a way that I find healing is by stoking my relationship with the earth and finding self-pleasuring while feeling that connection to the planet and knowing that I am always connected and I am independent and interdependent rather than codependent on these people for my pleasure and my validation and that I'm a creature of the earth and I, I always have a lover that is myself and the earth. And that is so empowering when I remember that. If you were to give whoever is listening right now and is like, okay, I'm digging this, like this idea of getting back into my body, this idea of taking the earth as my lover, like I'm interested. If you were to give that one person like a homework assignment as far as like one step, one doable step that they can take to be more ecosexual, what would you tell them to do? I would encourage them and invite them to prioritize taking some time to get outside. And I would first say and invite them to write, to clear, clear the head and like time it for 10 minutes and tune into what their relationship, ask themselves, what is my relationship to the earth? Is my relationship consensual is my relationship pleasurable with the earth and have them stream of consciousness write for 10 minutes and just whatever comes through don't stop writing just let it flow whatever thoughts come up even if it's silly say this is silly and then let that be as it is and then just take at least another 10 minutes Again, time it. I love timers because I think it just sets a container to fully be in it and um, just listen. Listen for that connection. Feel. If, if, if you're naturally a sensual person, I would say take, take in the earth with your senses, with your sight, with your sense of smell, with touch, with texture. If you're more of an energetic person, try feeling the connection, visualizing it. You can imagine like there's a cord from your body down into the earth and and stoking that relationship. Yeah, finding finding whatever resonates with you and or mo- maybe more if your type of sexuality is more primal and not so much in your senses but just more like grounded and and like more in your root I would say yeah just feeling like an animal feel like that sense of self that is an animal and just being on the earth in that way amazing that's amazing that's like that is very doable yeah very doable Oh, I'm so glad that we had this conversation. I'm so glad that you like shared your wisdom and your philosophies and like really opened my mind up to what ecosexuality is. And like, I don't know, I'm going to play around with that label. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm brave enough to actually claim that, but I definitely can see how 
my own relationship to the earth and my own philosophies about sensuality and connecting to nature could definitely be eco-sexuality. So I, I thank you for opening my mind to that and for making it feel so accessible and so easy to do. Thank you, Evian. It was such a pleasure getting to finally talk to you. I know. Likewise. <laughs> um, tell tell people where they can find you, your work, um, especially if they want to maybe hire you to help them become more eco-sexual type of people. Like, tell, tell us everything. Mm, thank you. Well, my name is Luna Dietrich, and my business is called Pussy Witch. You can find me on Instagram um, at Pussy Witch with three S's. You can also find me at PussyWitch.com. Fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk with you, and I am literally going to get outside right after I hang up with you. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> The Sexually Liberated Woman is produced, edited, and designed by me, Effion Whitney, with editing help by Justine McClellan and community support from each one of my very special patrons on Patreon. If you love The Sexually Liberated Woman, I'd love it if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to help sustain The Sexually Liberated Woman, go to patreon.com slash slwpodcast and become a patron. I would love that too. As for me, you can find me on my website, sexloveliberation.com, where you can subscribe to my newsletter and learn more about my work as a sexuality doula. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you in the next episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.